Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 278. The key thing is to build a memorable shop to make sure that you're building your brand as you're building your store. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and it makes me so happy to have you here today. If this is your first time listening to the show, you've picked a great episode to begin with. We're covering the platform that started it all where handmade e-commerce is concerned, Etsy. But before we get to that, I want to make sure that you're aware of the Q&A sessions I have going on over in my Facebook group, Gift Biz Breeze, every Tuesday and Thursday at 1130 Central, so that's 1230 Eastern, 930 Pacific, I'm answering your questions on starting and growing your business around your handmade products. There are three ways to submit a question. You can ask live if you're able to come on the show right when it's airing. You can put it in the comment section under my pinned post over in the group or through this super fun audio link you'll find at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash ask. So what you do there is you can record your message on the fly. No sending an email or even needing to show up live for the show. Just let me know where you're stuck and let's get you moving forward. That recording link again is giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash ask. And now the star of the day, Etsy. (laughs) You are going to hear how to get started, some of the common mistakes to avoid, intricacies of Etsy that you need to know about that will lead to more sales, and resources galore. This conversation is jam-packed with valuable information. I'll have all the links mentioned over in the show notes page, so don't worry about capturing them while you're listening. What I want most is for you to consume the strategy and the overall system. The tools and the tech can come later. Are you ready? Let's dive into all things Etsy. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Nancy Badido. Nancy works with Etsy sellers who want to build a thriving Etsy business and embrace the entrepreneurial adventure. She also helps current Etsy sellers scale their business by leveraging the power of branding and social media. Do you currently struggle with sales or have a hard time finding your target audience? Or you're passionate about your handmade products, but don't have a growth strategy in place for Etsy. Or maybe you're right at the beginning trying to decide if Etsy is right for you at all. We'll be diving into all of this today on the show. Nancy, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Sue. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And I've been so looking forward to this conversation all about Etsy. (laughs) I'm excited. But I'm delaying all of us just a little bit longer because I want you to share what's become a tradition on the show here is a way of us knowing a little bit more about you 
by way of your description of a motivational candle that's totally you. So if you were to say color and maybe a saying or some type of a quote or a mantra, what would your candle look like? So my candle will be white and the name of the candle will be kindness. And my mantra or like the quote that I will pick is from Jim Carrey. The effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. And that's like my favorite quote on how you treat others. Is the most valuable currency. I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. Well, I already love the vibe. (laughs) And that's what we're going (laughs) to do here, right? We're going to treat others really well because we're going to share with them everything about Etsy. How about that? (laughs) I love that. Yes. (laughs) Well, go back a little bit in time and give us a little bit of your history that led into Etsy. Oh, of course. So I've been in the digital space now for 11 years. And when I first started around 2009, when the recession hit and I lost my home, I was really young. I was like 23 years old. I lost my home and my job, they went on bankruptcy. So at that moment, I have heard of people making money online, but back then there weren't the resources like we have nowadays. So I really didn't know too many people online. It wasn't like my field. So I started learning about how to make money online and I don't have the success story like everyone else does. Like some people do after one year, they started making a lot of money online. For me, it took years to make money online. But what I did was I did my regular job nine to five and then I did my side hustle for 11 years, basically. And I started learning about blogging. I started learning about creating a blog, flipping it and selling it. I started doing affiliate marketing. I went to a lot of different conferences on blogging, affiliate marketing, social media, et cetera. And I almost self-taught myself how to do all of these things online. And I had to pretty much start from scratch and teach myself in the beginning everything I knew. I failed a lot, to be quite honest. I failed more than, more than success in my life. In 2015, I got married to my husband. The year before that, I got engaged. And someone mentioned, you know, you should buy stuff on Etsy. They have handmade products for your wedding. And before that, I don't recall ever hearing about Etsy. I always did blogging, affiliate marketing, other stuff. But e-commerce was something that I never thought I could do because I wasn't crafty and I didn't know how to make stuff. So I never thought about that field. And because I was already in the digital space, like I said earlier, I was a digital marketer. And I already knew about products and services. I started noticing when I went shopping in there for my own wedding, all these stores were making a killing on digital products. And a digital product, for those that are listening, is basically something you buy, you download, and the person doesn't send you anything physically. So I went and bought like a wedding sign and a couple other things for my wedding. And I remember paying $65. I got all these beautiful items. And I'm the one that's going to edit the file. I'm the one that's going to go ahead and take it to Kinko's to get printed. And my light bulb went up and I was like, huh, I had an aha moment. And I was like, I wonder if I could start an Etsy store. And because I wasn't experienced, like I said, with anything e-commerce or digital products or crafty, I actually started selling quotes with Word. So I would type in a quote using Word document. I would save it as a JPEG. I built my first store. I did it as a case study for my blog on how to make money on Etsy. And luckily, the first year without experience and with tons of mistakes, I made a little bit over 21000 on Etsy. And that's kind of how it started with Etsy and me. I really like that you shared your story because I think your story is more similar to how lots of people start out. 
You know, I mean, let's face it. There are those stories where someone goes on and makes a killing right away. But there are more people like you and I who try something. You kind of stumble into things sometimes. Exactly. That's how I feel. Yeah. Like if first off, if the recession would have never happened, you might have been on a totally different course. Exactly. You have to follow your path. And honestly, I mean, people who have listened to me for a while know this is how I feel. But so Nancy, this is kind of with you and me just talking is... I'm not a proponent of people just quitting everything they're doing and going all in with all the stress and the financial risk. I like what you did where you were building it up on the side. And even though it took longer, it had to be so much calmer a progression. Exactly. I always talk about that as well. Exactly. I agree with you. Again, I'm going to say, and this is more for people who haven't been hanging out here for a while, (laughs) is if you do have a nine to five right now, that doesn't mean you can't start working on your business now. And you also don't have to feel bad that you're doing both. Like that side hustle, in my opinion, is a much easier way to get started because you don't have all the stress of having to make all this money right away. Exactly. I totally agree. So I totally get the progression. So you were blogging and then you were getting married. You went over to Etsy. Oh, I also really like how you were testing everything out and then documenting it over on your blog. Yes, I would do a lot of different posts on how to make money online. So that's what at the moment was what was driving most traffic to my site because there are other people like myself trying to make money online. So I would try different things and I would just share my experiences. Okay, and do you have a presence on Etsy right now? Yes, I do. Okay. And where's your store? The main store that I use now is called Nancy Marketing Tools. Okay. And what would we see if we went there? Well, that one is more meant for Etsy sellers and business resources. And Mm -hmm. I'm in the stages of rebranding it again, but that is more for just anyone out there that has a small business or you're an Etsy seller, you'll find resources for your business. Got it. Okay, so now let's talk Etsy specifically. There are so many platforms now out there. Etsy used to be the only one. Like if you were looking for handmade, pretty much everybody knew to go to Etsy. Yes, exactly. They're the trend starters. (laughs) Yeah, they started everything. Where is it today? What would you say in terms of the positioning of everyone that's out there? Where does Etsy fall today? I mean, they're doing pretty good. Their stocks are really high right now. This is the highest they've ever been. They're like about $106 per stock. I own a couple of stocks, so I keep track on that. I kind of figured as much. (laughs) (laughs) So they're doing pretty good. Etsy is a great marketplace for anyone wanting to start a business. Doesn't cost a lot to start your very own business on Etsy. And it's a great marketplace for anyone out there that is very crafty and know how to create things that are handmade. You could also sell vintage and supplies, but it is a great platform for just about any niche, especially if you have something very unique to sell as well. Okay. Why should somebody choose, let's say, Etsy over Amazon Handmade or some other platform online? What does Etsy have that's different? I think with Etsy is when you shop on Amazon, you never say, I got this from this store called Nancy Marketing Tools, right? You say Amazon. Somebody asks you, where did you get that? You normally would say Amazon. When you buy on Etsy, it's a little bit different because the experience is who you bought it from. And then people will say, okay, I got it from this seller. Her store name is, this is her store name. Make sure that you visit her. It's more the way that they have you have a store. 
you could share your personal story. You could have a voice, the tools and resources that they give you so you could grow your business. They are amazing. So it's more of a platform where you are a unique seller versus Amazon, I feel, is more like you are behind Amazon. So I think if you go to Amazon, and I keep telling everybody, you know, I'm doing this series of multiple platforms here, and I keep telling everybody, I want you to hear all about all the platforms, and then you decide which one or more are right for you, right? Because all the platforms have pros and cons, I feel. Exactly. I do agree with you. And I think that one thing I always try to teach everyone is, okay, Etsy is really great for branding yourself as a business owner, but don't stop there, especially with what I sell. I sell digital products. So digital products, once you make them one time, you just upload it and keep selling them and selling them. You don't have to keep redoing the work. So the great thing about digital products is if you really wanted to have multiple incomes of streams, what you could essentially do, to be quite honest, is maybe build your brand on Etsy, but still have an Amazon handmade, still go to Shopify and have your own website there and kind of like venture out in different platforms because you're selling a digital product. Once you create it, you did all the work already. Okay, so on Etsy, digital products are still considered handmade products. It's not just for physical handmade. Exactly. It's also for digital handmade. So this is a really important point, I think, you guys, is as you look at multiple streams of income, regardless of what you make, okay, is there a way that you could add a digital element to it as well? Maybe you make beaded jewelry and you could put a tutorial together to show someone how to do one of the very simple designs of beaded jewelry, for example. And you could sell that online. And just like Nancy's saying, you make it once, you build it once, it's now a product. And guess what? Different than your jewelry that you make, you don't have to have supplies. There's no production cost. It's already done. This is something to think about as you're strategically considering how you're growing your business. Exactly. And you could do it with so many different types of niches. Like you said, jewelry. If you do knitting, you could do a knitting pattern of what you knit it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you could sell that as a download, like a PDF showing somebody how to knit a hat, something that simple. And you could sell them like for five dollars and create a digital product out of it is really, really cool. So I'm feeling like getting back to this idea of Amazon handmade versus Etsy. When somebody goes to Amazon, they're specifically looking for a certain type of product for the most part. So maybe they're looking for pink baby blankets. Mm-hmm. right? Yes. And probably not looking as much for the store. But when they go to Etsy, I think they probably look product specific. But once they link into the store, or they saw you on Facebook, and they know about your Etsy store, or your Instagram link is heading people to the Etsy store, which I see a lot, then they know you by store name. So they also look for your shop specifically. Yes, exactly. And another thing you said is the whole personalization that's another big key factor that I didn't mention is that with Etsy, you could pretty much get anything customized. And that's why it's great for people that are getting married or for baby showers, for things like that, because you could literally just send someone a picture and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking of something like this. Or you could go to a store and 90% of their products you could personalize. And that's the great thing about buying on Etsy as well. You get something very unique and different. And again, I think with a lot of these platforms, particularly Etsy, 
if people don't know you from the beginning, it's a great way for people just to learn and find out about you as a maker in total, because a lot of people just aren't going to know you're there. When you're at craft shows, you're only limited to someone who walks the show. When you're on Facebook, you're limited to the people who are liking your page or part of your group, if they even see your posts, because we know all the issues with social media, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. But this is just another channel where you can become discovered with your product because your products would show up and the platform's so big on Etsy. Exactly. And I think the last statistics I saw was that both buyers and sellers were continually growing. Yes, they are. This has grown so much. I mean, one of the key things now is that a lot of people worry about well, how am I going to stand out in a saturated market when there's so many stores selling similar products? And the key thing is to build a memorable shop to make sure that you're building your brand as you're building your store, because it's growing so much that in 2016, you could upload something. And most likely within a month after uploading a couple of listings, you'll start getting some traction. It is getting a little bit harder because there's so many people joining the platform. Okay, I'm glad you addressed that because I have had a lot of people say to me that they're not getting the results from Etsy that they did five years ago, for example. Uh huh. Well, perhaps they're not because they're still doing the same thing that they did five years ago. Yeah, and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the platforms change over time. So when you talk about a memorable shop, can you go deeper with that? Oh, of course. What types of things would people do to make their shop memorable? Of course. The first thing is the branding is really important. Making sure that you have a brand. Like when people look at your different listings, if they were to see them separately in the search feed, would they recognize that this is from that one store, Nancy Marketing Tools? Would they recognize you as a brand? Because once you get recognized as a brand and people start noticing who you are, then you could charge even premium prices and even raise your prices up as well. So that's one key element. The second key element is, especially when you're first starting out, is to micro niche down. A lot of people feel like if they micro niche, that they're not going to get sales, that they need to sell a whole bunch of different things. They feel like they need to sell mugs and tops and printables and keychains and a whole bunch of different varieties. But when you do that, you actually confuse yourself as well as your target audience. Like you don't really know Who is your target audience? Because you got like 10 different people that you're trying to sell to. So when you try to sell to everyone, you sell to no one. You have to make sure that you niche down and stick with that for a little bit to see if you start getting some traction. And your audience eventually will tell you the things that they want from you. Once you start branding and niche it down, people will start telling you, hey, you should have this in your store or this would be cool if you have this. And then you create a robust line around those products. And then once you have a brand, then you can start adding different elements of different things as long as it's related to your niche. But that's the best way to kind of start a brand and grow. And the third thing is don't rely on XE alone. Don't rely on the traffic of XE because keep in mind that 2016 and 2020 is four years different. Imagine all the stores and all the people that are adding new stores every single day. So organically, you might not get found because there's so many people you're competing with. So the only way to stand out amongst your competitors and get that consistent traffic all the time is by leveraging 
branding and leveraging social media and email marketing, which is a big thing that many people don't do. On Etsy is one of the one thing that I do free critiques on my YouTube channel. And that's the number one thing I noticed. No one is collecting emails. They're not practicing email marketing, which is really important for you to get that repeated customer to build your brand and much more, right? Like targeting on Facebook and doing other things with that. But you have to think outside of Etsy. You can't just create a store, upload a couple listings and just wait for the traffic and the money to come in. It doesn't work that way. You have to drive your own traffic back to your store. Whatever you get from Etsy, from the building traffic that they provide you, that's great, but that should be extra. You should be driving your own traffic using other sources. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of similar to if you build a website. Of course, exactly. People think that, oh, well, if I build a website and then they sit and they wait for the sales to come in, well, that doesn't happen because nobody knows the website even exists. Exactly. So I think with Etsy, there's a little bit more advantage because you might be found in search. Uh-huh. You have that built-in audience already. Yeah, it's possible. And that's also why it was working so much better earlier because not so many people were on the platform yet. Just like I was saying a, f- a little bit ago, like the link in your Instagram bio, If you're doing a Facebook Live about a certain product, then you say, go visit my Etsy shop if you don't have a website yet. So absolutely, and talking it up everywhere. I totally agree with you with that. What mistakes do you see people doing on Etsy? We'll get into these mistakes right after a quick break. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or find packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. You know, I think because it's such an easy platform to sign up, you don't have to pay thousands of dollars to start a business on XC. People treat it like a hobby and not like a real business. They upload once in a while. They don't have their rules. They don't have their about me story filled out. They don't even have a logo. They're not constantly fixing their store. I'm constantly changing it, trying to think of, okay, I did this six months from now. I look at it. I'm like, oh, I could make it look better, right? So I'm constantly trying to fix it. That's what I said in the beginning. I'm rebranding my whole store right now to make it look better. And I'm removing stuff. It's a constant work. It's not just creating the store and just sitting there and be like, okay, I guess I'll just wait for the money to come in. But they treat it as a hobby. They don't treat it as a real business. And then I have people that will tell me, hey, I'm not getting any sales. I'll go do an audit of their store. They don't have SEO done. They have one image instead of using all 10 images to showcase your product. They have no bio. They have no picture. It's like blank. It looks like an incomplete store. When you're shopping as a buyer, And you go into a store that doesn't have a logo. You go to the listing description to read what you're getting. It doesn't have anything in there. You're like, "Um, okay, I'm going to go to the next store. You lose people. You're not engaging those people 
or I always tell people your photo is what grabs the person's attention, right? It was makes them want to click. It compels them to learn more about who you are as a brand. Your listing description is what gives them the feeling of, okay, this is all I need to know about whatever they're buying. I feel comfortable. It helps them make an informed decision of whether they want to proceed with the order. And the SEO is how they found you in the first place. All of them combined together help you. Not just doing SEO and having bad photos, not crafting a great listing description, but you didn't optimize it for SEO. Or maybe you have great photos, but you didn't do the other two things. Everything collectively works together to help you reach more people and hopefully get more sales, which is the ultimate goal. Yeah. And I think that is one challenge on the platform overall, not just unique to Etsy, but potentially other places as well, is that you are going to have some hobbyists there just because Etsy is known for handmade. So you might have some teenagers who are throwing some product up on Etsy. It's kind of a business, not really that kind of thing. But if you're really there with serious business intent, this can't be a Friday afternoon project. You throw up some information, hope for some sales, see if it works, and then either say yes or no or kind of forget about it, right? If you're really serious, you've got to do everything. Like you just mentioned, Nancy, filling it all out, getting educated on the platform, making sure that so when people come, they really understand that it is a serious business. Exactly. And treat it like a real business. Like even if you didn't spend a lot of money to start it up, just treat it like a real business. When you do, like you said, you will learn a lot. You will grow on the platform. It will teach you a lot of valuable lessons and you're going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes, especially in the beginning. The key is pushing through them and keep learning and growing. You and I've talked, I don't know if it was by comment already while we were recording or when we were pre-chatting, but we did talk a little bit about the fact that you also still at some point want your own website that you own so they can work in tandem with each other. How does that work? So let's say someone starts, and I think a lot of people, like it's the easier option because the platform is so well built out already, shopping carts integrated, like all of that. So most people would probably start with some type of an e-commerce spot on Etsy, right? Yeah, I would recommend to start with Etsy first. So you could kind of like get started. Like you said, it's a lot easier and people do tend to get overwhelmed having, just even thinking about having a blog because they don't know really where to start. However, the great thing about now in days is that there's so many great resources that you could find to learn how to build a site, or you could hire someone if you have the budget, obviously. But the first thing I would say is start with your Etsy store. And once you have built it up, that you have a lot of listings, you completed everything. I do think that is very necessary to have a blog. Or a website. Let's call it a website. A website. Yeah. I always recommend WordPress. I feel like You could start with like Wix or one of these platforms are very easy to start, but with over time, you'll outgrow that platform. And I personally like WordPress because you could do so much. It's an open platform. You could pretty much customize it anywhere you want. In the beginning, yes, it will be a learning curve, but in the long run, you'll be so thankful that you're with them. But whatever platform you choose, just have a website outside of Xe. Absolutely. For numerous reasons, Etsy could unfortunately suspend your account. I mean, there's countless people that I have a video on YouTube about your account being suspended. I get so many people that tell me, Nancy, you mentioned in the video, Etsy only suspends accounts based on one, two, three. 
I didn't do any of those things and my account got suspended. And it's been happening a lot lately. I have no idea why. Majority of these people follow me. They're great people. I know their products. So it is a little nerve wracking to know that it could happen to anyone, including myself, that they could say, okay, the store broke some type of policy. Maybe you use one word as trademark or something. Not sure. But they have been getting stores shut down for some reason. It happens, I guess. But if you have your own website, you don't lose everything. That's one main reason that many people start a website on the side. You shouldn't start it because of the premises of my store might get suspended. You should start it because of the premises that you're trying to build a real business. You're trying to grow. And with a website, you could sell your product there. You could grow your email list a lot easier than Xy. Because with Xy, one of the cons is that when you're collecting emails, you're allowed to do so, but you have to put a link where people have to copy that link put it in the browser, head over to your email, sign up. It's not a clickable link because it's outside of Xy. So therefore, a lot of people are not going to like copy and paste, unfortunately, unless they really want the discount or whatever you're offering for free. They make it a lot harder. On the website, you could have little pop-ups. You could track people. You could collect that email and tell Facebook, hey, I want to show, I'm running a sales on my Xy ad. I want you to show my products to these people that already engage with my brand that I know the likelihood of them buying is a lot higher. So there's so many things you could do with a blog. In addition to that, having a website, you will have a section for blogging because now you can reach more people by providing value. If you provide valuable content around what you sell, that's the quickest way to grow your brand and drive more traffic using the power of Google. Totally agree. And we do have, it's either before or after this episode. I don't remember where it falls in the scheme of things, but we are going to be reviewing Shopify also, which for product-based businesses, I think is a great option. So WordPress or Shopify are great options, but having that website, you can see how Nancy's talking. It serves different purposes and there's value to both of them and they can work well together. Exactly. There's so many things now and they, there's a plugin that I use. I'm also an ambassador for them just to kind of, as a disclaimer, but it's a plugin, it's called WordPress 360. And it's really nice because it takes about 10 minutes to use. You use it in your WordPress site. And what it does is integrates your Etsy store to your actual website. And when people are shopping on your website, if they end up buying something, they add it to the cart. And now it redirects them back to Etsy because that's the only way it works. And it's nice because if they never heard of your brand and they add it to cart, it will take them to Etsy so they will feel a little bit more at ease of buying. So that's another thing that you could do. There's more plugins out there, I'm sure, but that's the one that I would recommend using. I have it in my own website. And it's just really nice flow of things that you could actually promote your products because on Etsy, when you send traffic, Let's say you do Pinterest or you use a Facebook ad or just organic traffic that you're sending back to your store. When they click on your listing, if they scroll down to read your listing description, to get acclimated with your listing, if they go a little bit too low on the page, on the bottom, it has your competitors. XE actually lists your competitors on the bottom of the page. So you're driving the traffic to XE, but you have the chance that they might actually leave your store and click on someone else's listing versus when you have a website, you could drive them to your actual website, whether you have a plugin or not, maybe you just sell your e-commerce stuff there as well. 
but they're staying there and there's no other competition. So that's another great benefit of having your website as well. You know, multiple avenues to be able to buy your product, I think, is the overall thing. And I think in my mind, heard a couple of listeners gasp like, my competitors are going to show up. But guess what? You could also then be showing up on other people's stores if they scroll down to the bottom. So it works both ways. It does work both ways. And you could look at that in your stats. I get so many sales from other pages as well. Like you said, it's not such a negative thing, but it is one thing that many people are concerned. It's one of the trending topics that people tell me. So I always tell them both sides, like having a website will help you with that as well. But like you just mentioned a valid point, it doesn't always is a bad thing because people do find my listings based on other people's results, which is great as well. Right. Now let's just stay focused on Etsy, okay? If someone hasn't started yet and they're thinking about starting an Etsy shop, can you walk through what they would expect to see as they got started? So where would they go? I'm guessing they'd head over to Etsy and look for a button somewhere that says create a store or something. Yes. If you go to Etsy.com, I believe on the right corner, on the top right corner, it's going to ask you to register if you want to register a store. Do they need to be registered already as an official business to open a shop? No, they don't. You don't need a business license to start an Etsy store. All you need to do is pretty much go to Etsy.com. On the top right corner, I have like a little button that says sign in. But if you don't have an account, you just on the right top corner, you click on sign in and then you'll see another button that says register. And if you click there, then you'll be able to go ahead and proceed with opening or creating your account with Etsy. Okay, another question. I'm going to try not to interrupt you all the time, but I am again right now. (laughs) If you have purchased on Etsy already, so you probably created an account through the purchasing experience, would you log into that same account and then take it from there? Yes, you will log in through the same account and take it from there. Exactly. Okay. If you logged in as a person versus your business. Like I have different email addresses for my different companies and then also a personal email address. Would there be any value to me keeping them separate? So like anytime I'm buying, I would just be my personal email, but then I wanted to set up my Etsy account as Sue at and then my business name. Would there be any reason to do it that way? Yeah, I think it's better if you keep it separate. Because a lot of people use one email account for everything like personal and business. Mm -hmm. But you want to start with the mentality that this is a business account, right? This is a business you want to essentially grow. So it's just better to have it separate so you don't mix personal with business together. Okay, so two options. Like, you know, sometimes, especially if someone's just starting, and this is my recommendation to everybody, you may not for sure be settled into even your company name yet. You know, if you're starting to test products, test the waters. You know how we were talking about you're not sure which products might be the most popular and to niche down? Yeah. So you could potentially open a shop. I'm thinking you might tell me no, Nancy, but you might want to hold off on formalizing names and emails until you really feel solid on what you're doing and you've gotten some traction and you know that it's working. Yeah, I'm not against that. But because when people tell me, well, I don't really know what I want to start with, one of the other advice I give is, okay, so the first thing you could do is you could just start selling random things and kind of see what people are engaging with, what people are interacting with. But once you find the products that are doing really well, then you want to go ahead and eliminate all the other stuff. So in the beginning, yeah, I do agree with you. You could kind of start it. You don't have to 
formalize everything. You could just start with different things, test the waters, see what works for you. And then later on say, okay, this is going to be the business name. This is going to be this and kind of set it up as you go. Can you rename a shop after you've called it something or would you create a whole new shop? No, you could rename the shop. I don't necessarily think you should recreate a whole new one. Oh, perfect. Okay, so lots of flexibility there. Exactly. And you could always do something like Nancy Designs. That way you're not like niching so much. You're not saying Nancy Wedding Designs. And then later on, you're not setting weddings. So you could kind of keep it open as well if you wanted to the name. Okay. So we're creating a shop. What happens then? Well, once you create your shop, I recommend using, there's a tool called erank.com. And it's free to sign up. They do have a pro version. I believe it's $10. I signed up with them a couple of years ago. So it's $10 a month. Hopefully it's still the same price. And with eRank, you're able to plug in your store once you create your store. You're able to plug in your store. And it's such a wonderful tool because it helps you to do market research. You're able to see top sellers by category, by country. You're able to do keyword research. You're able to see what's trending not only on Etsy, but on Google, especially if you create your own website. So you could start writing about those products and services and start driving more traffic. There's so many tools in eRank. I highly recommend doing that. I also recommend once you start building your store is using the Etsy seller's handbook. If you don't know how to do something, let's say you're trying to do your banner and your picture is not coming out right and it's blurry or pixelated, the XC Seller's Handbook has different categories of different things. You could go in there and look for information about photography, about shipping, about legal stuff, getting started, getting found, SEO, pricing, finances, taxes, and the list goes on and on and on. And this is one of the tools that many people don't use as XC sellers. And this is what makes XC so special as well. They pretty much give you like a blueprint of how everything works on XC. From the search engine to SEO to how to build a memorable shop, all you have to do is just follow the guide. But that's very useful for just pretty much anything that you need help with. They have a really solid guide, but the fact is you have to access it and use it. (laughs) Exactly. But it's really great because a lot of the things that people get stuck on are things that that XE already provides you the tools to help you with. It's just using it and getting to know the platform. But with Etsy, it's very simple to get started. In the beginning, when you open the account, it tells you step one, you name your shop. Step two, you put your billing information. Within four steps, you already have your store open. One thing that you do need to have before you open the store is have one listing already. So before you even register to open a store, have whatever, whether you're selling a physical product or a digital product, have that product, like the photos, the listing description, your SEO, have that already done because in order for you to open the store, you have to have one listing available. Okay. You have to have at least one to actually open the store. Exactly. But how many products would you suggest you have? I say in the beginning, when you're like, before you start marketing really hard, have at least 10 to like 15 listings already built up. That way, when people do start, when you start driving traffic to your store, or if XE drives traffic back to your store organically, you have listings and it doesn't look like an empty store. There are going to be the people that are going to engage with your brand and start looking at your products. I'd never say this a magical number when it comes to how many listings I have to have to have sales, because I have seen stores that literally have 24 products 
and they make more money than stores that have 2,000 products. What's the difference between a listing of a product that can be repetitively purchased, like let's say just candles, versus a customized product that might be only one of a kind? You want to know like the difference of like how you promote it? Well, if someone buys a one of a kind because I've made it and all of my jackets that I make are different, they all look different. So I put pictures up and if they sell, then it's no longer available versus someone who, let's go with knitting scarves since we were talking about that earlier, can continue to make the same one over and over again, regardless of how many are sold on the site. So it's like a one-time off versus option for multiples. I think the main difference is exactly what you just said. The one product is more personalized, while the other product, multiple people could buy it and have the same product. I think when you sell something that's personalized, you have to make sure that you voice that not only on the listing description, but also on the photos. And just let people know this is one of a kind that you can't get elsewhere. Do you have to manually pull it off once it's sold then? Yes, you could do two options. You could have it auto renew, especially if you know that you could recreate it again, right? Maybe you do a different variation. When it's something very personalized like that, a lot of times it's not, like you said, it's not the same thing that you're selling over and over. It's going to be different. So you could auto renew if you know that you're going to be able to add another personalized item like that. But if you know that this is one of a kind only and you can't reproduce it again for some reason, then you won't auto renew. You would just, once it's sold, that one quantity, it would deactivate the listing. That's how you would normally do it. That a little bit feels like a nightmare of doing that. But what I could see someone doing is let's say you have these customized jackets, for example, and maybe you have one picture that's all in like red, black, and gray tones. And then you would say in your description, these are all one of a kind, and this is the color tone of this option. And then you might have another option that's blue, green, and yellow or something. Exactly. Or even with the candle situation, if you have a candle that is personalized in a way that maybe you put a person's name on the candle, you could resell that over and over. It's still a unique product because what you're changing is the person's name. Mm -hmm. And that's probably in the order checkout process where you have the option of putting in that information. Yes, it is. Yes. Once the person buys a personalized item, they get this little box. It's called note to seller. And that's where they put their personalized information on what color you're choosing for the jacket or what name you're putting on the candle or what names are you putting on the digital sign that they're buying, whatever they're buying at that moment. Okay. All right. So walk through for us, if you will, just so we get a feel for the sales process. So now we have our shop up, someone comes in and we set it up properly, all the right way with all the information, SEO, like everything you've said, so we're good to go. You would give them an A plus for putting up their shop, okay? <laughs> okay. And someone comes in and buys. Like, okay, that's exciting, but how do we find out about it? And then what's the process for us to fulfill the order? The first thing I recommend is having the Seller XE app in your phone, in your mobile device. So there's an app for buyers and there's an app for sellers. So you need the sellers one. And what happens is normally when you get a sale, you get a notification through your email. But if you have the app, you get a notification straight through your phone. Okay. And then you jump up and down because it's your very first sale and it's super exciting. Exactly. And you hear a ching also as well, which is really cool. (laughs) So you get really excited. Okay. 
the first thing that I would say, especially when you're first starting out, is to make sure that you are on top of your store. Make sure that you have the app, you'll get the notification, and then just make sure that you go to the actual order. And sometimes people on the note to seller, because that's where you send the personalization, people ask questions there for some reason. It's not meant for that, but people do. So the best thing to do is anytime you get a new order, just briefly look at the order, see if there's any questions. If there isn't, they're just putting the information that they need. Then you have that window, whatever window you put, one to two days until it's shipped or one through five days, depending on your schedule, create the item or you personalize the item. And once you have it ready, obviously, if it's a digital product, you would send it to them through the XE message. If it's a physical product, you will ship it to the customer. I think for shipping products, I don't ship. But one thing that I have learned from my XE support group, I have over 30,000 members in that group, is that a lot of them, what they do is that they confirm the shipping address before they ship it to the customer. Because a lot of people have an XE account for years. They moved, but never changed their shipping address. Oh, interesting point. That's a big one that I have seen so many people get bad reviews because it was shipped to the wrong address. And that's the main reason why, because the customer never updated their address in the back end. So I think that's a big one that you need to start doing just to double check. Just be like, hey, thank you so much for your order. We are excited to ship it. We're done with it. We just want to double check that this is your right address. Or just confirming that you're still on Salem Street. Exactly. Or something like that. It doesn't have to be the whole address written out or something. It doesn't have to, exactly, but as long as you at least confirm it, exactly. Plus, that starts a conversation with a customer. So, like, there's a reason to do it, and it's great to do it, too. But so, you're getting the shipping address, obviously, from Etsy. Exactly, yes. Okay, is there a system where it's already created and you can just press print on a computer or a a labeling machine? Yes, there is. Etsy provides you with printing services. And you will sign up through XE and they have the pricing. Or if you find a different source that's cheaper, which a lot of people do on separately, you could do that as well. It just depends on the pricing and which one you want to use. Okay. And probably it depends on your package too, like what your product is. Exactly. But you have the options. You're not limited in that way. Exactly. You're not limited at all. Okay, so let's get back to this email for a minute, not being able to collect people's emails, which I know has been, I understand why they do it for sure. If you are communicating back and forth to a customer, like confirming the address, can you say, oh, while you're confirming, can you share with me your email so we can stay connected? I'm guessing that would be illegal. They actually let you collect emails. The issue with XC's platform is that it's really hard to do so because you know how when you have your own website, you have like little pop-ups or you could tell a customer, click here to join our email and they just click. On XE, if you add any links, whether it's Facebook, email, anything that's outside of XE, that link doesn't become a hyperlink. Right. So now if you have in your listing description, make sure that you join our email list to as a first time customer, you get 10% off. Here's the link. They can't click on the link. They have to copy and paste in order to go ahead and sign up for that coupon. Majority of people are not going to do that, unfortunately, because we just want everything easy and fast. And that's the hard part about growing an email list, having just an Etsy store versus when you have a website that you could collect emails really simple. 
But it shouldn't stop you, though. That's what I'm trying to say also. I have my email list and my banner. I have it in my shop announcement. I have another link in my about me. And I'm starting to incorporate it on all my listings as well. You should still promote it because you're going to get the occasional person that will go ahead and copy and paste. To answer your question, yes, you could ask the person, hey, by the way, since, you know, whatever you're talking about, you already built report with them. They feel a little bit more comfortable with you. You could ask them, would you mind if I add you to an email list? As long as you ask them, X is okay with it. Could you say, you know how it is, and like nobody wants to get on another email list, right? But could you say, hey, thanks for shopping at my store, just confirming I'm going to ship this over to you on Salem Avenue, you know, whatever. Also, if you're willing to share with me your email address, I'll send you a coupon for your next order. Yeah, you could say that, of course. You can say that. And then it's okay if they respond and say, yes, I'm on Salem and here's my email. As long as they give you the email and you're not just grabbing it from your dashboard, Mm -hmm. yes, you can. I like that a lot better now. Okay. Yeah. And XC also has two integrations that they work with. They work with Aweber and they work with Mailfold. You could use any email provider. Yeah. Okay. So they work with Aweber and who else? And Mailfold. Fold, F-O-L-D. Mailfold. Okay. So once you're registered in your account, if you go to your dashboard, if you go to settings and you go to integrations, you're going to see all the third-party apps that they work with, that they are partnered with, that you could use without feeling like, is my account going to get suspended? Am I not allowed to use? You could see all the lists of different tools, not just email. Okay, perfect. And I got to say that Etsy used to be the only one, but the advantage of several other platforms coming where there's a focus on handmade products only makes Etsy then want to be stronger, let you do more because they've got more competition. So everyone gets better when those things happen. Exactly. And they have done better. So many more resources now. Exactly. More options for us. So that's all good. To finalize this out, share with us a little bit about the behind the scenes numbers, the insights or the statistics or whatever it's called over there. What can you learn about who's coming and how can you use that information to help grow your shop? Oh, I mean, it's just amazing. You could do market research on Etsy on the search feed. You just type in whatever you're looking for that is relevant to what you're selling. Or you could use a quicker way is erank.com. Yeah, that's the one you talked about earlier. Yes, and I highly recommend it because all the data from E-Rank is pulled directly from XE. So the information is very relevant. It's not like another tool that has nothing to do with that tool. When you go in there, you're able to view top sellers by categories, by countries, and when they open their store. In my opinion, that is a really great tool for market research because if you're first starting an XE or you have an idea, you want to sell personalized candles, but you don't know if they do really well on XE or not, what you could do is do market research on E-Rank and you could look for stores that sell candles and they are in your area, in, in your country, or if you want to do worldwide, and you could start doing market research that way and start seeing what are their best sellers so you could get an idea. You can start seeing how many sales they get per day, how much money they're making. You can see everything. Okay, perfect. Are you also able to see things kind of like you can when you have your own website with Google Analytics, where you can see which products people are looking at, how quickly they're jumping off of your pages? Are you able to access all of that type of information as well? Yes, you can. You actually have to connect your store yourself 
was a very simple process. You connect your store to Google Analytics. Oh, okay. But I highly recommend it. Just like when you have your website, you should also connect it to Google Analytics because Etsy just gives you so much information about how people find you on the Etsy search feed, but you don't know how they found you before that. Did they come from Pinterest? And they give you a little bit of information, but with Google Analytics, the real cool thing about Google Analytics, once you connect your store to Google Analytics, you're able to see real time how many people are in your store right now. So you're able to see six people are in my store right now at this second. You're able to see what pages they're browsing. You're able to see where those people came from. You could see so much data on Google Analytics compared to Etsy, but what you do is you combine both of them together to start your marketing strategy and take your business to the next level because you're able to see like behavior, like you're able to see, okay, what platforms are really driving me traffic? So what platform should I perform a little bit more or have a, like a content strategy there? So so much information that you're going to get. I think it's one of the things that is not used as often as they should be. Another thing I found with one of my clients is we were looking at analytics and she was seeing that a lot of people were landing on a specific product in her store, but they weren't buying it, but they were leading to other secondary products and making a purchase. If originally you just said, oh, I'm not getting sales for product number one, that first product, it's still serving a purpose because for some reason, that's what people landed on when they searched and they're still buying. So if someone were to eliminate that product because of that, they could lose those sales because they never found her in the first place. Exactly. They could be selling something that one product organically, they're ranking really well. Like they're ranking on the first page of Etsy, maybe it's the first page of Google. So that one product is driving tons of organic traffic to the other products like you just mentioned. So sometimes it is so important to look at your data because some people start, they add products and they remove it. And I always tell people, you got to like, let it sit there, collect the data, analyze the data, and then make an informed decision of what's working and what's not working. But you need to look at it first, like you said. Right. So you need to give it time to do its thing, whatever that's going to be. And then you look at it and then you make decisions accordingly. Exactly. Wonderful. This has been such great information. Do you want to say something to kind of summarize opportunities that are available on Etsy? Oh, yes. One thing I want to tell people is that with Etsy, treat it like a real business. It's such an amazing platform for anyone out there like moms that stay at home or anyone that wants to start their own business, but don't want to spend too much money creating a business. It's a great platform. And on top of that, just being able to have a unique voice, a place that's like you could brand it for your voice to come out, to create something that's amazing for other people that they would want to buy from you. But just start it. If you're in the fence of starting Exe, just start trying it. And you're going to make mistakes, but don't let fear stop you. Keep pushing through and build a store. You're going to try, you're going to fail. You're going to be successful with it as well. And the thing is just starting. It's a quote that says, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And that's essentially what you have to do with XE. And it's such an easy platform to use. And they give you all the resources that you need. In addition to that, the seller's handbook is amazing. There's so much value in there to help you grow as an XE seller that once you start using it on a regular basis, you're going to say to yourself, why didn't I use this before? And a great thing about the handbook, when I create content, I create content based on what XE wants, not on my opinion, 
yes, I have my opinion. I say these are things that I do that has helped me. But I try to base everything on what XE wants because ultimately it's their platform and they do change stuff on a regular basis. So I try to keep up with that information. And that's another reason why you need to use those resources because it's the most accurate information out there. Perfect. So if you're somebody, probably after the first part of this year, how we've been where so many physical locations have been shut down, right? But if you're used to being out at craft shows every single weekend or trade shows or whatever, and you've never had really an online presence yet, or you're just starting out and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to have both. Etsy seems like such a good solution for all the reasons that we've talked about through this whole time. Like you have the flexibility to adjust once you've done your first product validation. You can change your name. You can test how products are selling. And it can be your entrance point into e-commerce in a very easy way. Yes, exactly. You can start with Etsy. And then once you feel more comfortable and you start getting the hang of it, you can start branding yourself out of Etsy as well. You could have a website, you could start using social media, you could do maybe even YouTube and create videos on how you create your products. A lot of people feel if I show people how to do this, they're going to steal my idea. You'd be surprised. There's so many people you could tell them this is how I did it and they still don't do it. Or they might try it once and be like, either I don't have the talent to do it or this is so hard, I will never try this again. Exactly. I think the point back to Etsy is that your time is not lost if you have a presence on Etsy because it can complement other things that you add on down the road. So Nancy, where can people find you and also tell us more about your support group and what it's called? Oh, of course. People can find me. I think the best place is my website is nancybadijo.com. And in there, you'll be able to find all the resources that you could use as an Exe seller. And my support group is called Exe Sellers Support Group. And once you find it, you should be able to see the About Me. And it'll say this group is hosted by Nancy Badijo. So that's the way you will know that that's my group. I have currently, I believe we have 30,000 members, a little bit over 30,000. And this group is strictly for support. So it's not, there's other groups that you promote your products and services. This group is specifically for if you're stuck, if you have a question about, hey, you know, I've been on Etsy for six months, I only got in three sales, what are some things I could do? You could drop your link and actually people go and give you like a free mini critique. I have amazing, amazing support in that group. Everyone helps each other out. So if you put one post, normally I'll get like 15 people to respond within 20 minutes already trying to help somebody. So it's a support group is wonderful. Love it. Nancy, thank you so much. I think a lot of us have been enlightened about the ways of Etsy. It's an exciting platform and you've cleared up some things for us. So I look forward to you guys, Gift Biz listeners, letting us know if you start a site on Etsy. Could jump over to maybe Instagram, follow both Nancy and me if you haven't already, Gift Biz Unwrapped, and let us know in the DMs if you've started your Etsy account. I also wanted to mention, Sue, if you don't mind, for your wonderful people that listen to you, for your audience, I have an actual course where I teach people not only how to build an arts principle business, but how to use social media and branding to leverage their business to the next level. So for your followers, if they're interested, they could get $200 off the course to sign up if they're interested. Okay. And would they just go over to your website and find out about it? What I did was I'll send you the information 
and you'll have like a special coupon that you will use. And then maybe you could put it below the podcast. So Gift Biz listeners, we'll put it in the show notes. So if you're interested in knowing more about Nancy's course, just jump over to the show notes. Down where I have resources that were mentioned in the show will be all the resources Nancy's mentioned. So E-Rank, the Etsy Seller's Handbook, all of that, but also whatever the discount code is or the link or whatever you're going to give me, Nancy, we'll have that sitting right there as well. Okay, perfect. Okay, wonderful. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. I really, really appreciate your time today. Take care. You too. Now you know all about selling and strengthening your brand on Etsy. Remember the show notes page for links to everything we discussed. And seriously, I want to know about your store if you're already on Etsy or start up on this platform. Here's how you can tell me. Just jump over to Instagram, follow Gift Biz Unwrapped if you aren't already, and then leave me a direct message telling me about your shop. Give me your name so that I can go take a peek. And I'll definitely send you a private message back. All right, that's a wrap for part five of our six-part series on e-commerce sales platforms. In our final week, we're going to cover an online platform that quite honestly has a lot of us confused. And I'm talking about Google My Business. Find out who it's right for because, surprise, it's not set up for all handmade businesses. Let's clear up who should and should not be on Google My Business. And if it's right for you, how to do it correctly and use Google My Business to bring in sales. Make sure to subscribe to Gift Biz Unwrapped if you haven't already. That allows the next episode to automatically be downloaded, ready and waiting for you first thing next Monday morning. Did you know that if you're not subscribed, sometimes it takes hours for the episode to become available to you, but not when you subscribe. So don't forget, take a moment and do it right now. And finally, until next week, remember you can catch me live in the breeze for those Q&A questions. Even if you don't have a question, it's so valuable to learn from other people's questions. You'll hear more about that group in the outro clip closing out this show. And that happens right now. Be safe, be well, and I look forward to being together again next week. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 